Welcome to Valley Talk. I'm your host, Heather Stark. With me is Morgan Henley. Hi, Morgan. Hey, Heather. Hi, How are you? Morgan's here because we are going to have a chat. We're going to have a special chat tonight. We're going to talk about Valley 104.9 FM. Who listens? Who puts it on? Who makes it happen? And how it gets paid for. That is right. Sound like a deal, Morgan? It does, because we we need uh we need some support That's from the community. Right. That's right. We are here with uh, the uh, the annual pitch, you know. The spring um, fun drive. The spring fund drive, or is yep. that just fun with no D? A fun. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. I think it can be both. I guess. Okay. You know, fund, fun. Yes. Yes. Well, we it's are, easy to dr- it's easy to drop the D. So you know. Yeah. There we go. It can be well, either way. We're gonna make it fun. We're gonna. Yeah. Because that's what we do. And this is the kickoff, right? The first, or no? Tomorrow's the kickoff. No, this is tonight, or is it Monday? Does it start Monday? Starts Monday, Monday the 15th through the 22nd. Okay, so tomorrow. So we're giving everybody a heads yeah. up. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to tell you a little bit about the, the station, how it operates, who makes it happen. And Morgan, you've been here longer than I have. And I've been here, what, four years? So tell me the history as you are from the time you came on board. Well, let's see here. I got to, I got to think back many moons. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been around since almost the inception, the, the uh, inception. So this would have been 2013, I believe it was either early 2013 or the end of 2012 when I got involved and the people that came up with the idea, it was uh radio Duval in the beginning. I actually just, found my uh, radio duval shirt the other day i think it's i think it's probably one of the only ones ever made it's pretty cool old logo i liked it yeah i still but anyway i came on board when it was still radio duval so yeah yeah you did that was towards the tail end there before we made the decision to incorporate the whole valley which i think was a good call but anyway uh daisy was her name who uh contacted me and she was the main driver behind it at that time it was kind of her brainchild from what uh, I remember. And then uh, Leo, who was also part of the station for a while, he was one of the beginning ones. And Ian King, who has the Equinox, who was uh, the show after my show, The Jammies, on Friday night. But unfortunately, Ian's taken a little hiatus. Yeah. But he was one of the beginning ones. Uh, I can't remember if Terry was there at the time. Yeah, I think Terry was. I think Terry, Terry was there, yeah. Yeah. But they con- she contacted me because of all the music events and stuff that I do in the Valley and the booking of, of shows and stuff like that. So she thought that I would be a good fit. And of course, once I, I didn't really have to think about it once she, she asked me to be a part of it. I was like, yeah, this is, this is a great idea. I would love to do this. I would love to help out in any way I can. You know, that's and- funny, Morgan, because I've been in radio for close to 20 years and I have never met somebody who said that they never had an interest in being in the radio. Yeah, Never. no, it's true. Yeah, I mean, there's something magic about it. No, I like it. I mean, in the beginning, the first, man, I got to say, <laughs> five, six years, it was kind of just back and forth. Um, you know, there was a lot of ideas, uh, a lot of p- passionate people involved. Um, but the main thing was, of course, with most things in life was the funding which we're here right now, you know, just having the show discussing funding for the station. 
but back then there was it was uh i don't i don't really i don't know how you could pinpoint exactly the reasons why we couldn't find funding but i think there's quite well, a few reasons when you're just getting something started nobody knows what you know they're not ready to give because they don't know who you are they don't know that's true doing. so you know well i think it was an organizational standpoint of the sh of the station as well wasn't quite there no. to take the next step to actually get us on the air and 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 uh stuff like that but and all yeah that we went stuff is really normal when you're starting a new venture you know i mean it's no it's definitely it's true yeah. so i kind of just stuck around you know i did <laughs> i did what i was asked if i needed to do something and and uh because i knew that it was going to be something really special for the valley um for this community you know that i was born and raised in and and uh that's one of my passions is doing anything i can to help out this community and carry on the arts and the music and I knew that this would be a, a fundamentally important thing to our community. So I went through the, the rigors and trials and just kind of unknown of the first five years. And then in 2000, what would that be? 16? How long have we been on the air now? We've been on the air for three or four years now. Three years, I think. Well, Maybe 17 four. when we went on, right? Well, then that's four. Yeah, four years. Because <laughs> it was January that we went on. We, we don't even know. Yeah, it was January. It's all a blur after a while. It was January 17, because that's when I started the jammies. was a few months after we went on the air. Yeah. yeah. And well, that, of course, we have to we have to pay respects to Stu, Stuart yeah. Lisk, who definitely came in and, mm -hmm. you know, put a fire under all of our chairs and got us organized to, yeah. to finally make this thing happen before our license ran out. <laughs> yeah which well, we barely know, i mean it's not a small barely thing mean. i mean when you get an idea and you go hey let's start a radio station but not only are you trying to figure out the fcc and the figure out the technology and figure out the engineering you're also trying to figure out what it should look like what would be the mission statement what would you operate under and and how are we going to create a structure so that it becomes something useful and long-lasting and as you pointed out all the people that came on board originally each one of those people had a different idea you know yeah. some of them thought of it as oh we'll play our acdc collection from the basement you know we'll, we'll we'll hammer an antenna to a tree and look at that you know look what we can do there's yeah other there ideas. was a lot of interesting ideas i remember in the in the beginning years there was a lot of interesting people as well that came that wanted to be involved yeah you know, some of them came for one meeting and we never heard from them again and i remember one meeting for a little bit the guy in the kilt do you remember the guy in the kilt and he, oh yeah and he was going to help with something but i never saw him again after that meeting yeah that's one of the people i was referring to <laughs> Well, if you're still out there, gentlemen, in your kilt, we we would welcome you. <laughs> yeah, what was that guy's name? I don't remember that guy's name. I don't name. remember. I don't remember. But we used to meet in the uh, the office building above the Thai restaurant in Duval. Well, and we had a couple meetings in the library. Yeah, a couple in the library, too. And, and then there were a couple meetings in the empty space by the uh, Chinese restaurant there in Duval. Mm -hmm. So we, we kind of made do where we could, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it, it's quite the undertaking to start a radio station. I mean, it's not a small thing. It's not like saying, hey, I'm going to hammer up a shingle and away we go because it's a highly regulated industry. Um, nope. And because the license is for public radio, 
then we pretty much had to create a nonprofit to go with it. And so that's a whole mm -hmm. nother factor, you know, and thank goodness we had people like Terry Spring who could figure those things out. And, and, and Stuart, as you mentioned, who's, you know, been involved in nonprofits before, but it's a huge venture. And, you know, thinking back on it, when you say, well, it took five years, you know, of, of kind of uh, swimming and, and paddling to try and get here. I'm surprised it didn't take longer, quite honestly, because you're really inventing something from nothing. Yeah. So. Well, we went through a lot of different phases too. kind of what I was saying, you know, a lot of different people, a lot of turnover, mm -hmm. a lot of ideas. And then uh, I actually remember <laughs> I went to Hawaii in 2016 to help my buddy kind of open his restaurant on Molokai. And I remember I got back and literally like a day or two after I got back, I remember Ian called me and I hadn't really thought about the radio station for a while because <laughs> we were kind of just, you know, in just treading water with the idea still. And then he, he told me that uh, Stu was uh, going to come in be our president, whip us into shape and get us on the air. <laughs> And uh, that's exactly what he did. You know, Stuart yep. was, um, he had more of the business mind. Like you mentioned, you know, he's dealt with nonprofits before, comes from a marketing background, you know, a corporate America. And that's kind of the approach that we were, we were missing, I think. Because yes. we all had a lot of ideas, a lot of art, uh, artistic um, qualities and everybody that was involved, a lot of kind of dreamer aspects mm -hmm. of it. And it took Stu, I think, to really sit us down and be like, okay, that will work. This probably won't work. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, this is what we need to focus on. Let's do this. And, you know, gave us the, the formula to, to get on air. So, well, the, the discipline, if you will. Yeah. Discipline you know, where, for sure. Okay. We're not always going to agree on the music format or the, what, what it's supposed to be doing, you know, cause we had people really who, who felt that, um, the format should not be formalized, that it should be anybody who wanted to have a, a show could have a show, whether they wanted to play, you know, Celtic music or disco or, you know, there were people who went, why do you need a structure? We don't, you know, that's counterproductive to, you know, community involvement, that kind of thing. And then there were other people who were adamant that it had to be a certain type of music. And then I, I think it took a while to kind of reach the mix that we're at now, which is a nice, the adult album alternative, yep. but a mixture uh, of that with the talk show and the, the community program which and and you know i'm not a particularly a, a big music person that's not where i come from in radio um but i definitely um am a and i'm you know i'm wedded to the idea that community radio exists because uh it, it we have it's more responsive than print media but mm -hmm. face it morgan print media you know i mean <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, it, there's hardly a day that goes by that there's not another major newspaper that's, you know, just going online. Um, yep. And so print media is not something that we need to build a future on as far as informing community and, and keeping connected as community. And sure, there are plenty of Facebook pages and nextdoor.com pages and all that kind of stuff, but they lack a universality, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that radio and, and with radio, you can serve a community, you can be in that community, and anybody who turns that dial on, they can hear it. It's there, and it doesn't really cost anything. I mean, I suppose you could argue that you have to pay for your internet connection or you have to pay for your radio, but yeah. really, by today's <laughs> standards, it doesn't really cost you anything. Um, and 
it's my hope that down the road as the station grows, we can start doing some news, some local news. That's my uh -huh. real dream because that's where I come from is radio news. And, you know, I, I know Tom um, uh, gets a little upset when I say this, but I mean, let's face it, let's be real. Unless, you know, Carnation develops an ax murderer sometime, the Seattle Times, Cairo Como, they're not going to be interested in anything that's going on in Carnation. No. So we the have, to create something that serves our needs and that addresses our existence if we're going to have it at all. No, I agree. I think that is the next step for the station is to kind of venture into more, more talk, you know, go, go off the, the foundation that you've built so far here with Valley talk. And now we have uh, Jay's show, yeah. which is a great show about nonprofits and well, and we're going to have that struggle. I talked with Dwayne just uh, uh, mm -hmm. the other day and our former state uh, treasurer and future legislative candidate, uh, Dwayne Davidson, is yep. working on a show. Um, and that's that's huge. I mean, the, yeah. the Davidsons are, a, you know, I think it's a, I think it's great that he wants to do a show just because of who his family is. Well, and, know, the, and how long they've been here in this community, I think oh. that's the kind of stuff, too, that we need to get more of is people that have been here for a long time, you know, people that are part of this community and it, whether that's somebody that's brand new or somebody that's been here for a long time i think um it's starting to get out the word's starting to get out and people are getting more interested and it's exciting well and i think that, that doing that historical take on it you know that that information every day we lose a little bit more of it every mm -hmm. day and so it's so crucial that we get these histories recorded and some of this information that's just going to disappear if we don't get it recorded. So I'm really excited about um, Dwayne's concept for a show. And I know he's working hard on it. He's got his first uh, uh, folks lined up for his first show. And he, did you know, I just learned this from him. Did you know that there were twins in, in the Valley? They're now 90-ish. They now live in Arizona and I can't remember their names. I wish I could. But their parents died and they were never put into, as they say today, the system. Uh -huh. They were raised by the community. Wow. And they just came <laughs> out with a book called, um, oh, shoot, I should have written this down. Um, Keep Loving and Stay Together. That's no, I've never heard that story. So they must, they were, must twins have been in the, right in the 1930s. Well, the cover, I saw the, Dwayne showed me the cover of the book and it had a picture of the two of them uh, from clearly like the 1940s, you know, they wow. were young women and yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it was just, Oh, I mean, I just, I had never heard that story. They're still alive. They're living in Arizona. Um, they're both married, so they have you know different last names. Even if I could remember their first name, yeah, that's incredible. But he's going to try and line them up for one of his shows, and that's the kind of thing. I mean, gosh, that's interesting. That's that's yeah. so interesting. And like I said, every day, some of the, every day we lose these pieces mm -hmm. of information. So I think that that's a vital function uh, of this radio station is to you know deal with that, you know, some of that history and, and keep yep. track of some of that stuff in our own community. Keep um, it alive. Keep it alive. Yes. And because, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as Churchill said, if we don't learn from our past, we're condemned to repeat it. Um, and some of the things that they learned were very valuable lessons. So, but all of that takes money, doesn't it, Morgan? <laughs> that it does. Yeah. Even, even though. Just a uh, little I, bit. 
yeah. a little bit helps. Yeah. Even though we are a nonprofit organization, we have no paid staff. Every one of us is a volunteer. We have had a lot of equipment donated. We have had lots of, um, uh, lots of things donated. But even with that, every month the bills come in. What are some of the things that we have to pay for, Morgan? I know there are royalties. But every time we play a song, we have to pay royalties. We do. We have to pay um, ASCAP, BMI, um, SoundScan. Uh, I believe there's another internet one that we have to pay. But that uh, allows us to be able to play the plethora of eclectic music that we play yeah. and uh, not have to worry about it. And we get to play a lot of songs that you're not going to hear on corporate radio because we're not you know, living by those standards, we can play whatever we want. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about this, this endeavor as well is that you're not going to hear a repeated song every hour. You're not going to hear it four times an hour, you know? Yeah. And uh, I really enjoy the freedom as being able to play whatever I want on my show. And that's all, it's all paid for by, it's all allowed because we pay those three or four companies that basically own the rights to, yeah. everything. <laughs> well, and we're going to talk yeah. about some of the ways we've gotten the money in the past. It's different now as it is for all nonprofit organizations. Um, but, you know, it all boils down to community support. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, everybody who listens, if you listen to one song on the radio, on the, our station, send us a couple bucks. You know, it doesn't have to be a huge amount. Also, if you work for an employer that does, um, uh, what do they call that? Where the employer will kick in as much as you kick in matching funds. Yep. Yeah. That's really helpful as well. Yeah, so if you're a Microsofty. Yes. There you do go. That. Well, Nordstrom's Microsoft. I mean, a lot of those larger corporations will do that. And that's really helpful because you can get twice the bang for your buck. Morgan, we're going to take a little break here and then we're going to come back and we're talk, going to talk a little bit more about how we evolved our uh, format, our music format, and what okay. some of the, some, how we pick our songs, how we pick that music, um, because I think that's really significant. So you're listening to Valley Talk right here on Valley 104.9 FM. I'm Heather Stark with Morgan Henley and we'll be right back. It's the Valley 104.9 Spring Fun Drive, March 15th through the 21st. And the Valley 104.9 staff has put together a special music incentive to get you to donate some much-needed funds to help keep us on the air in 2021. It's the Valley 104.9 Artist Profile Shows from 4 to 6 p.m. all week long. On Monday, it's All Things Almond with your host, Tom Blackwood, as he explores the music of the Almond Brothers. And tune in Tuesday, 4 to 6 p.m., for two hours of the great Van Morrison, including some brand new Valley Fresh tracks, along with some of your favorite Van Morrison deep tracks and hits. And coming up Wednesday, Valley 104.9's Morgan Henley explores two hours of the John Butler Trio. And then on Thursday, it's your dead air host, Corey, doing what he does best. The Grateful Dead. On Friday, Valley 104.9 is proud to welcome Carol Daniels to track two hours of the cars from 4 to 6 p.m. 
And Saturday night at 6 p.m., Valley 104.9's Terry Springs live in the Valley 104.9 air room to bring you a special edition of the Saturday Night Oldie Show featuring artists from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, A through Z. Yep, it's the Spring Fun Drive 2021. Valley 104.9 is doing some special programming just for you in the hopes that you will help support us by going to our website, valley1049.org, and click the Donate button. Thanks for your support. Welcome back to Valley Talk. I'm your host, Heather Stark. With me is Morgan Henley. Morgan, welcome to the show. We were just talking that uh, you have been on my show a couple times. One time we interviewed, uh, who, who was it that we were interviewing together? That was such a fun show. Austin Jenks. Austin Jenks, yes. yes. Local boy gone big. The local hometown hero with yes, the key to Duval. Exactly. exactly. What yes. a joy he, he is to, to talk with. Yeah. And just a, no, a he's, he's a great young man, that's for sure. He a, is. Amazing musician. Oh, and, and just so nice. You know, I always think that you can find these really talented people, uh, great musicians or, you know, whatever, artists, whatever, but they're not quite as great if they're not nice yeah i've i've dealt with uh, a multitude of all different kinds and yeah. some of them are definitely more of a pleasure to be around yeah well speaking <laughs> of a pleasure to be around how's that for a segue that is um, a great one tom blackwood Go welcome team. welcome hey. to the show yeah sorry i What's up, tom? didn't know uh, what was happening Oh, no, Tom. Well, we're in the middle of recording, and what we're going to do is talk mostly about, we kind of spent the first segment talking about the history of the show, and of course, Morgan was there from the beginning. I was there since about, what did we say, about 2016, we said, Morgan? And I think then, you came around around 15, 16, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, Tom, you've come even more recently um, to join us. Right, I want to say 2018, maybe. Yeah. So it looks like Morgan, you're the, you're the old guy here. <laughs> Finally, I'm the oldest. You guys then were before the station was on the air. Oh. I was way before. Yeah. yeah. 2012, 13. He was during all that early planning stages where it was so difficult and we were trying to, well, we were talking about this before break and it, one of the problems, one of the hurdles that had to be passed in those early formative years was what kind of a format will we have? And I remember there was one person who really felt strongly that the format should just be anybody who wanted to pick up a mic could be on air. Anybody who wanted to play any kind of music could do it. That was their vision. Um, I, there were other people that I think, wasn't there somebody who wanted to do classical and uh, world, world music? Um, yeah. So there were many different visions, all of them legitimately, you know, argued for and desired um but morgan can you talk a little bit about the process that we went through to arrive at the adult album alternative with a little bit of talk thrown in well in the beginning years i do remember there was a lot of ideas being thrown around and i do remember the world i believe the world music idea was uh daisies who was one of the the um creators of radio duval which is now valley 1049 um but i whenever scott came in is like i think kind of when we got the idea to do the triple a format as scott likes to call it yeah. and uh 
kind of an eclectic mix of adult contemporary music. Mm-hmm. And I can't really exactly remember when Scott got involved either. Scott got involved a little bit right around the same time I did. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember we were at that meeting with the, the, the man with the kilt that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. at the library. I think, I think that was at the library. That's right. Yeah. And um, Scott wasn't going to stay involved. And I remember thinking, this guy knows this guy knows programming. <laughs> yeah. This is a guy that we should hang on to. I definitely um, thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So you know, experience. I, yeah, exactly, exactly. We were lacking that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and me, I mean, that my only value is that I talk. That's it. I don't know anything about the engineering. I don't know anything about anything. All my sole value is that I can talk. Um, so yeah, so right. we ended up with this adult album alternative, uh, format and we were firmly into that when you came on board, Tom, weren't we? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. You say that one of the initial ideas was, Hey, let, let anybody play whatever they want. And that is a, you know, it's a valid approach. And once upon a time, I, I was a volunteer at a community radio station that initially did take that approach. But the challenge with it is you have to have a very large group of programmers with a lot of music to, to make it work. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if, if you don't have that, and for, you know, a station our size in, uh, you know, kind of a small serving a small rural community, even if we had, uh, you know, all of the volunteers we would want, it would be hard to sustain that sort of programming. So at some point, I think, you know, I I don't know the process that the station went through to arrive at the current approach, but it's one that, you know, whether somebody's coming on the air and programming a show, uh, you know, sort of in real time, or whether uh, we're using our own library uh, of music to you know, bring a, a semi-automated mix to people. Uh, it, it's much easier to pull off when you have uh, a format that's a little more mainstream. Yeah. Well, not only is it a little bit more mainstream, but it's a rarity. I mean, let's be honest, except with a very few exceptions, a lot of radios just canned stuff now and repetitive, as you mentioned, Morgan. Um, yep. To have a more personal approach I think it requires a different kind of a format. Um, And Scott often talks about the mountain, which I briefly uh, did some stuff for. And in this- Miss the mountain. Yeah, it was very much (laughs) like the mountain. Um, And and it's enjoyable music, you know? I mean, obviously you can enjoy other kinds of music, but I think for the average person, for the average setting, whether you're in, you know, a, a store, whether you're relaxing at home, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting format. It's comfortable music, and I think a lot of people really enjoy the format. Um, am I wrong here, Tom? Yeah, and it, and it still changes all the time. I mean, that's one of the things that that I find. And I you know I I listen to music a lot. Yeah, you know, I'd like to think of paying attention to what's going on currently. But I'm hearing music and artists on the station all the time that I've never heard before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I'm off uh, doing research and checking them out on the internet, checking out their videos and in some cases, you know, buying their music. Um, And it's, what's funny is that 
it's music I really should know given what I listen to. But for whatever reason, I just, uh, you know, was not familiar with the artist. And that happens all the time, probably happens, uh, you know, every week or two uh, as I listen to the station. Well, Morgan, when you are doing your show, I think I don't, as I said, I don't do the music shows, but it seems to me that you have some nice flexibility in your selections. Scott or our program director or, you know, Terry, our secretary, nobody's sitting there saying, no, you play this now. And at a yeah. level two, you play this one. <laughs> you, you're able to go through and pick the sounds that you, that you think people will enjoy and that you can mix in some newer stuff and some older stuff and, Exactly. I would think that that would be one of the benefits of not just the uh, format, but also the radio station. Yeah, I get to do what I want. It's great. <laughs> and, yeah, and and I'm a big fan of doing what you want. I mean, I'm, yeah, that's I'm a, a no, that. that's a good point. I I never have had that sort of, um, I don't know if critique's the right word, but basically, you know, uh, in in doing. Uh, roots and riffs uh, never had any real direction on oh you can't play this uh, or you have to play that I play whatever I want and you know uh, what I think listeners will be interested in and and approach that from the standpoint of hey I've got a pretty large collection of music and uh, unless somebody is as uh, obsessive as I am they probably don't have a lot of the same stuff. And so anything I can do to bring some of that music to other people is, you know, certainly one of the focuses the, that I look at as a programmer. Exactly. Tom, we talked earlier about um, the things, you know, what we spend the money on. Um, and we talked a lot about the royalties and ASCAP and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Can you think of other, you know, what are some of the other things uh, that we have to dole out money for at the station just so that we can play music on the air? Because one of the, th and my point on that is that we would love to stream all of our shows. We stream our talk shows uh, and we are, well, we stream all of our shows. Uh, we, we would like to have them archived on the website so that people can go back and listen to them when they would like to. And we do that with our talk shows, but we can't do that with our music shows unless we had a much larger budget. Um, so, you know, that's one of the things that I look at and I go, okay, we, we have all these expenditures, but there's so much more that we could do if we had a little bit more jingle in the pocket, as they say. Um, what can you think of that uh, we, we really need that money for, Tom? Well, the, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, you know, when you talk about streaming, the expense for uh, streaming and streaming related things is actually higher for us than for the standard broadcast royalties. And as an example, in, in 2020, the station had to pay, I think almost $3,000 in licensing fees to broadcast the music that we aired, but it was another $5,000 in utility expenses uh, to keep everything running along with the stream. So we had internet access, uh, rent at the transmitter site, uh, and then the website and streaming costs, you know, those are just a few, but, you know, the point is all of those costs are non-negotiable and we have to keep paying them to stay on the air. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when the, when the station was first getting started, we had help from, you know, some equipment grants from King County and support from uh, 
the local governments within our broadcast range, but you know, we're, we're no longer a startup. And, you know, one of the things that's critical is to have that sustainable fundraising that keeps the station going for the long term for the, you know, the Snow Valley community. Well, and I think that the other thing that we think of or that we don't think of is, you know, we've had some fundraisers in the past, but just like every other nonprofit, we got hit by COVID. You know, our, our yeah. you know, we can't have that auction and the, you know, the cookout that we had that was so successful before. Um, so, you know, our hands are a little bit tied there. Um, Tom, you uh, on your show, um, one of the, what's what's the type of music you like to play on your show? Well, I would say uh, to a, a certain extent, a, a little bit all over the map, but the, the show's focus is definitely Americana, but, you know, I mix in uh, uh, jazz along with that, bluegrass along with that. There's uh, more connectivity between bluegrass and jazz, I think, than a lot of people uh, realize in terms of the kind of the way the music's uh, structured. Um, you know, something else that, that you said, uh, Heather, just made me think, you know, yes, we have to do fundraising differently now, and we don't have the option to do the, the live auction that we've, we've done in the past and that worked for us. But even the on-air fundraising uh, is different. You know, we don't have a, a bunch of volunteers sitting in the studio um, Pitching, you know, operators are not standing by to take <laughs> listener calls. Uh, you know, everything has to be done remote because of uh, the COVID uh, protocols. And so it's probably a good time just to mention that really the, the only way right now for listeners to support us during this fund drive is for them to go to our website at www.valley1049.org and then click on the donate button. And from there, it's a very quick and very secure process uh, to be able to, to make a charitable contribution. But that's really the only way right now. We don't have a phone number that people can call uh, where anybody's gonna be able to answer and take their donation. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a good point, Tom, because, you know, it's strange times and, you know, we hope we hope to be out of these strange times and back to more of a normal situation uh, in the near future. But for right now, this is what we're dealing with. And so uh, for us to reach out to the public, it's not an idle thing or even a routine thing, I don't think. Um, it's something that we do because we want you, the listener, to know how much we need your support. And, um, you know, Tom and, and uh, Morgan both need it for music, but, you know, I need it for the talk shows. I'm a real proponent of the talk shows. I think that it pr provides information to the public that they're not going to get elsewhere. Um, I think that we, this station has been really kind of a forerunner. Uh, if I can t step back and take a little, little pride here, we've had our state attorney general. We've had our state uh, we've had Kim Wyman. We've had our state auditor. We have had uh, Tim Iman. We have had um, almost each, almost every representative from the Carnation and Duval legislative districts for our state. We've had them on our show talking with us about issues in the rural areas, about issues in the valley. That's a big deal, I think. And I think that's- I agree. Valuable. Agree. And, and, and in some cases, 
uh, you've had them on both as candidates and later as incumbents. Right. Uh, right. which I think is, is super valuable as well. Mm-hmm. You know, going into the, the last election cycle, um, you know, uh, we're able to use uh, listening to those interviews to a- actually help uh, decide on, on votes in cases where you didn't really know the candidates and had no exposure other than, you know, whatever the pieces that they had written up in that standard, uh, you know, election uh periodical that shows up in your mailbox. And so to uh, hear people actually articulate their positions and what they hope to accomplish uh, if elected, uh, that for me was super valuable. Well, and I think uh, that's that's a good point, Tom, but I also think having the questions asked that are pertinent questions for our location. You know, I mean, it's all well and good to read a news article where a candidate XYZ um, wants to, you know, um, uh, support downtown Seattle or wants, you know, Amazon to do such and such. But it's another thing when you're able to go to that person and say, okay, candidate XYZ, what do you think about, you know, the mud dam and should it be replaced? What do you think about not having enough money for rural road repairs? You know, that those are the kinds of questions that nobody else is going to ask. And I think that that's really valuable for us and for our listeners. Um, so, um, that- I, I, w- I would agree. And I think for a station the size of Valley 104.9 and for the sort of the market size that we're serving, from a local public affairs perspective, you know, we're punching well above our weight, uh, to use a, a, a boxing <laughs> term. Um, you know, I've, I've listened to much larger market community stations that don't have the same depth, mm-hmm. whether, whether it's, you know, the shows that you're doing and the <laughs> interviews with uh, local candidates and so on, the, the show that Jay's doing now, uh, where every week he's talking to uh, a leader from a different nonprofit uh, uh, entity within the Valley that's, that's trying to do things for our listenership, uh, and for that Valley population. Uh, I think that's, that's great in-depth work and, uh, something that, you know, you, you don't hear all the time. And, and certainly that, uh, for us, I think as a station, we don't take for granted. Yeah. It's time for us to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to come back after this break, and we're going to talk a little bit about the local scene and uh, what are some of the events, some of the coverage, some of the things that we've done locally, and what the cost of that is. So I'm Heather Stark with Morgan Henley and Tom um, uh, Blackwood, and we will be back after this break on Valley 104.9 FM. Remember to join us at 1 p.m. on Sunday for Animal Radio. Animal Radio is America's most listened-to pet show. The nearly two-hour celebration of our pets is hosted by veterinary talent Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. So tune in, 1 p.m. Sunday, Animal Radio. (laughs) 
Tune in on Saturday evenings when Valley 104.9 is all about the oldies. Things get going at 5.30 p.m. with Forgotten Hits of the 60s, where host Steve Arthur spins up obscure singles and one-hit wonders. Then from 6 to 9, it's the Saturday Night Oldies Show with the Valley's own Terry Spring. Terry busts out his huge collection of 45s from the 50s, 60s, and 70s and spins them every week. It's a double dose of the oldies every Saturday starting at 5.30 p.m. Welcome back to Valley 104.9 FM. You're listening to Valley Talk with Heather Stark, Tom Blackwood, and Morgan Henley. Morgan, Tom, um, thank you for joining me on this show. We've been talking a little bit about money and the the costs of of running the radio station. And I think that I've already made my pitch about how strongly I believe in community radio because nobody else is going to cover it or care about it. And I think that we have tried to do that, not just uh, by covering political candidates and covering, uh, uh, we routinely have Kathy Lambert on the show to talk about what's happening from the county perspective, but also from the standpoint of when we were able to, remote events. Morgan, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, yeah, we've done some remote uh, remote events. Um, Ian King is our extraordinaire in that realm. And it took us a while to get the equipment. I think after we got on the air there, I can't remember if that was part of a grant or something that we got from Four Culture. Mm-hmm. And first, we've done a couple of the town festivals. We've broadcast them live and been a part of those, which is very instrumental in getting our name out and letting the community know we're here and being a part of those great ventures. And those would be the Carnation Fourth of July. I believe we've done two of two or three of those where we go down and broadcast from the the Tolt McDonald Park where the music is held and broadcast all the music live and a couple times I think uh the, the last two I interviewed the bands that I also book for the fourth of July. I'm on that committee too. And that was I mean, that, to me, it's just that's we're doing what we should be doing. You know, this is something that as a radio station in the Valley, we should be at these events. We should be broadcasting them live over the air, you know, interviewing these musicians between their sets. Um, and I know from list, from talking to people about it that people tuned in and they enjoyed it from their backyards, you know, and then a few of them would they came down to the park later. But, you know, it kind of helped them celebrate the entire festivity that's going on at the park, even though they weren't there all day. They were still there, you know, because they were listening through the radio. And then also Duval Days, we've done the same thing. So that one Duval Days that I went down, I covered it from uh, I think I think you were there and Ian were uh, in the booth and mm-hmm. uh, they had the uh, little zip line lined up. Yeah. Yeah, and I did. I I went down the zip line and I reported all the way down the zip. I remember that. (laughs) That was good radio right there. I don't think Stuart believed I was going to do it. (laughs) Putting your life at risk for radio. That's right. Uh The dedication. (laughs) And another thing that's really cool about those events and doing that live broadcast and interviewing the bands is, you know, you tell the bands that like, hey, this is going over the radio, you know, and they, I think some of them don't really understand how small market we are 
You know, they think that, oh, whoa, we're going to be on the radio. What? <laughs> you know, and it, you can see like there's the joy and the spark inside of them when they hear that, and especially when they get interviewed afterward, because, you know, musicians, for the most part, love to talk about themselves and their music. <laughs> oh, that makes them different which, from everybody else. Usually, yeah, <laughs> totally. They, but, they don't uh, get that many chances to. Yeah, right. But yeah, they, you know, that's another thing that's really cool about what we've done there with the the live broadcast is what it does for the musicians, you know, cause that's, it's part of what we're doing is trying to spread music, especially local music, anything we can do for the local music scene, which I feel very blessed to be a part of and have been for years. And it's, it's good. It's a good thing for our entire community, not just the Valley, but the entire Western Washington Pacific Northwest, giving them a, a platform to showcase their music. I try to play, Pacific Northwest music all the time on my show over the summer. I did probably almost two months where all I did was play Pacific Northwest music with some of the bands that I worked with and all the, the plethora of CDs that I've acquired through 14 years of booking music here. Well, we certainly serve our community. I think with the music that we offer, Um, I think we also, we're really doing a conscious effort to serve all the community, not just a segment of it. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had shows that talked about real estate, Um, you know, not on people's specific real estate, but on, on, you know, how general, general things about, you know, real estate values and prepping homes and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, We've had, um, um, programs uh, where we had uh, children's, we specialized in children's uh, activities. Um, uh, Every Christmas we read a few, uh, some children's stories and we have a play or, you know, something that, you know, for the whole family. Right now, um, one of the the, uh, shows that we're looking at that may go on the air is a show um, about families um, starting, uh, put on by a, a local midwife who has retired. So we're trying Trying to hit all aspects of, of the community. And that makes me want to throw out this. It's not just one way. It's not just us sitting in a studio or sitting in our homes now, you know, uh, churning out this stuff and sending it out on the airwaves going, there you go, people. It's two way. We have people contact us and say, you know what? I think it would be great if we did a show on families and I'm a midwife and I have this expertise and we can say, that sounds great. How would it look? Let's, you know, put together a couple, let us see how it sounds. And, um, you know, it's two way. We often get people coming to us with ideas for programming and we want that because it's the community radio station. It's not the Morgan, Heather, and Tom, and you know Terry radio station, and so I'm really proud of that. Tom, have you experienced that as well? Well, I, I think it's a, a good point. And when you talk about that local angle, you know, one of the things that strikes me is also just sort of the breadth of coverage. And I think of of two things sort of side by side. One being, you know, the short segment senior moment, which runs daily on the station, and while it's produced by the Snow Valley Senior Center, the spots are filled with useful information for seniors and their family members, really everywhere. Anybody that tunes in can get something from that. But yep. then, you know, side by side, I think about the monthly superintendent's message from, mm-hmm. you know, Dr. Smith of the Riverview School District. And so we've got a program that's focused on, uh, you know, our aging population and another program that's focused on 
uh, you know, the, the needs and, and scenarios of the youngest citizens of the Valley, the, the school children and the key priorities within the district, you know, along with, uh, I think, especially since COVID, uh, one of the things that show has been good at doing is highlighting uh, the challenges and the opportunities for students within the, the district and how those things change under a, you know, a, a quarantine, essentially a quarantine situation. And so I think that that information has become uh, really valuable, uh, particularly in the last year. Well, in keeping with what you're saying, Tom, about serving the community, especially during the quarantine, when we first started the lockdown, we ran a series of just um, little 10-minute vignettes where we went to the grocery stores, we went to the dog groomer, we went to the florist, and we just interviewed them about how is this hitting you? How are you uh, adapting to this? How, you know, how are you living with this? Um, and I, I loved those 10 minute segments because it just gave us a little glimpse of, of our neighbors and, and what they're, how they were coping and what they were doing. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's, as well as I think in, in some of the cases, at least on the, some of those segments that I listened to, it also let the listening uh, audience know, you know, how the businesses were still when they could making uh, services available. And I, I know you talked to, uh, I think, a couple of restaurant purveyors that talked about, you know, yes, we've we've shifted, everything is to go now, but we're back in business. And uh, I think that that helped the business owners, but it also helps the community who's maybe been, uh, you know, shut up and uh, eating the same food for several weeks now. And all of a sudden they realize, oh, hey, this place is back. Uh, with to-go food and out the door they are and, and you know, lining up to get something different and, and you know, bring a little external joy into the, uh, you know, the lockdown. Well, and, you know, we're part of this community too. And I know when I was doing those vignettes, um, I did one with the local grocery store and I realized, gee whiz, you know, I was trying to place an order for groceries from Safeway and... I was not satisfied. Um, it, they, uh, what I discovered is that that as long as there is the item you wanted somewhere at some Safeway store somewhere in the country, they will let you put it in your cart and just and then you think you're going to get it, but then you don't because <laughs> yeah. it's it's at a grocery store in Chicago, not at the grocery store in Duval. And so um, I, I was feeling this frustration. And finally, I thought, wait a minute, what, what, what am I thinking? I just interviewed <laughs> the other store. And so I just called them and I said, you know, I, I know you don't do delivery, but and they went, you know what, you tell us what you want. We'll put it together. You back your car up. You put put a check, paper check, in the the back of the car so we can pick it up because they, or or if you wanted them to run in and out with your card, they could do that. But a paper check was easier for them. And I just uh, probably for the first three or four months, that's how I got my groceries. I just call them and I, you know, I, I'd always get Peggy and I'd say, hey, Peggy, I need this, this and this and da 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 da. And I'd give her the, the lettuce and the, the ground beef and da da da. And then I'd after I did that, then I'd say, and now the good stuff. You got any of those chocolate covered donuts? Do you have, you know, <laughs> and it became quite our, our little thing. And, and she finally, I, I actually, she began putting uh, some sort of little chocolate bar or something in, in each bag so that I would get my little chocolate surprise each week. That's the kind of personalized service 
that you get in a small service in a small community and i think that's the kind of personalized community that we want and i think that's what our radio station is promoting and that's what we're working for is to get that but it doesn't come cheap it just doesn't and you know i i hate to keep bringing up filthy lucre but let's face it that's what it takes if we're going to keep running, if we're going to keep doing stuff, if we're going to grow um, and, and maybe be able to start a news program or be able to um, stream some of the music or, or um, uh, put some of our music shows on as podcasts so that people can get them later, that all takes money. Tom, tell us a little yeah. bit about the money. Well, I think, you know, one thing that listeners should know uh, when we're asking for money is that as a a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, any money that comes into the station can only be used for station operations. And while, you know, in theory, that can include staff salaries, in the case of Valley 104.9, we have no paid staff. And that's one reason we're able to keep our annual operating budget so low, but we still rely on listener donations to cover those basic station expenses like licensing fees that, that we already uh, talked about. Mm -hmm. And it, I think that's uh, just an opportunity to, to reiterate, uh, since we are in our fund drive, uh, the best way to support the station right now is to go to our website at www.valley1049.org and uh, click on the donate button. And Heather, if I could, this is a, a little bit sideways from the last thing that you were talking about, but sure. it's timely when you talked about going to the grocery store and opening up the back of your car and having the stuff uh, put in there so that you're not actually having contact. I went through that experience just today at a local print shop and what they put in the back of my car were some new Valley 104.9 yard signs nice wow. brand spanking new hot off the press <clears throat> and you know the 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 challenge you have both a challenge and an opportunity with a radio station the opportunity is you can reach a lot of people but the challenge is if they don't know to tune in then you know you're broadcasting and there's a lot of people that just aren't even aware the signal is out there and so one of the things that, that we want to do with these yard signs is try to get some folks out in the community uh, to sign up as uh, you know proxy landlords and and be willing to put a sign uh, out in their yard where it can be seen from the street, and uh, that's one of the ways that we can get new listeners and make sure that everybody in the valley is aware that they have a radio station that's based in the valley. And so, uh, if anybody listening uh, right now would be willing to host a yard sign there. They're small, about the size of the standard, you know, political signs that pop up uh, a certain time of every year. Uh, we'll deliver it. Uh, all you need to do is let us know that you're willing to uh, host one. And you can do that by sending us an email to info at valley1049.org. Info at valley1049.org. And uh, we'd be happy to bring one by. Mm -hmm. uh, to put out in your yard. Yeah. And, and you know, that's something that lets everybody know. Th I mean, think about if you, if your neighbor doesn't even know that the radio station exists 
and you put that sign out there, bingo, all of a sudden that person may be getting some benefit that you have no idea that person will be getting uh, just because you've opened up that avenue for them. So I think that's a great idea. And those yard signs are really attractive. They're, they're bright and pretty and, and I like them. Um, yep, that's what that's what pulled me into the station. I have to say, I was riding my bike out on uh, the Snoqualmie River Road one day, and I saw uh, the sign by the side of the road. And I stopped and I took a picture of it, and then I, uh, you know, sent an email into the station, and uh, that's how I got involved. Guess yeah. whose sign that is, Tom? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I didn't I didn't know it at the time, but uh, that's my house. I do now. <laughs> I got <gotcha>. you. <laughs> still there actually i see now it's funny you say that you stopped and took a picture because i i see people periodically by there's a lot of bicyclists out especially now that the weather's been getting nice and uh i see them sometimes stop and take a picture or i can even hear them from my yard sometimes they'll be outside and i can hear people riding by and somebody will say something about the station and uh usually usually it's yeah. And then some people will be like, oh, yeah, it's this, this, and this, you know, it's usually good talk, <laughs> positive conversation for the, for the, you know, five seconds I can hear them while they ride by. But yeah, well, so the yard signs do work. Yeah. People notice them. You know? Well, your point is well taken, Morgan. Radio is fun. Radio is a fun medium. I've never met anybody who didn't like the idea. And, and I think it's almost a romantic notion about radio. Um, and it, it is fun and it is great to be a part of a community in it. I, I have been on some major radio stations. Um, nothing brings you the satisfaction of community radio because you're part of it. You know, you're part of it and you can really make a difference. You can really help people. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a real fan of community radio, but it's not cheap. And we do need support. We do need your help. If you go to the website, valley1049.org, I always want to put the dot in there, Valley www.valley1049.org. Yes. And you click the red button and make your donation. Give us a hand. You know, those remotes that we do, those hard signs that we buy, you know, the music that we have to pay royalties for, the equipment that we have to purchase and replace, it all costs money. And um, as Tom pointed out, we're not paying for staff for doing that. We're, it's all going to the stuff that we need to serve the community. And I would like to say that um, when Tom pointed out that, that none of us is getting a salary, I, I wonder if that's why he said I could double, get double pay this year. Is that why? <laughs> I think that's what he had in mind. Yeah, I, I, I was proposing a, a raise for you, Heather, of, you know, 20% above uh, your current salary. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, uh, All right. Well, that's 20% of zero. I'm, I'm pretty okay. sure it's still a bargain. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we've had a lot of fun uh, talking about the station and the history of it and what we do. I invite everyone out there to listen, listen to Tom's show, listen to Morgan's show, listen to the radio, listen to Valley 104.9 whenever you can. And most importantly, go to that website and make your donation so that you can continue listening to Valley 104.9 FM. Thank you for listening to the Valley Talk. I'm Thank you. Stark with Morgan Henley and Tom Blackwood. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.